Therapy Geeks mini episode. Luke and Louise interpret a dream. You have um, but yes, welcome okay. to uh, welcome to the dream team. We're mm-hmm. going to be discussing a dream that I've had this week because we were just saying there before recording, weren't we, Louise? That like sometimes you go through a period where you have a shit ton of dreams, and then there's a period where you have just none, and your subcon your unconscious is is dead silent, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, that's happened to me. Yes, that's happened to you right now, and I'm having the opposite where I had like four or five in a row. And so, you know, what I'll do when I wake up and have them is I'll like say them into the voice recorder on my phone, and I'll forget to write them down. And by the time I write them down, it's like two weeks later, and they've lost all meaning. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> these are quite recent. I managed to snatch these and write them down, and even try and interpret them. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But okay, so this this dream involves some people I know in in real life. So I'm going to maybe change their names so um, (laughs) (laughs) so the two people in this 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 dream are um one of them's called we'll call him damien and the other one is is called lucy we'll say okay and so damien is a learning disabled adult who i worked with and I was a support worker a year and a bit ago and and Lucy is his mum and we uh, Lucy and I sometimes got along and sometimes we didn't because as is often the nature with uh, you know care homes and support work is sometimes that can be at odds with what the parent wants and vice versa so okay so that's the context in this dream some sort of accident has happened Damien has died and I'm sitting on the doorstep of a house I'm pretty sure it's Lucy's house though I know what Lucy's house looks like in real life and it's not that house in the dream I don't know what I'm there for. I'm there to pay condolences or apologize. But either way, I'm crying and Lucy arrives and she's very angry and sarcastic, uh, unsympathetic and blames blames me almost immediately and, and quite aggressive even. And I say, that's horrible. I'm not going to say anything back because obviously she suffered this horrible loss and she's still sarcastic. So end of dream. Uh, what stands out to you? Uh, you're vulnerable. You're feeling vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Um, the fact that you know this is people that were these are like um, service user clients or mm-hmm. that were in your life but still this you know the responsibility you know the responsibility is still in an unconscious subconscious way uh, but it's it's I always love it whenever it's like it, you're at a house but it's not her house that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of what is that about what does the house represent but it's it's at you're sitting at the house crying, mm. but it's not her house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So whose house was it? What and what do homes and houses represent? Like mm-hmm. because Damien didn't live with no. his mother. Well, so it was sort of he was there. He was there uh, a chunk of the week, and then he was at my workplace the other chunk of the week. Uh, mostly mm. because he was like he was very locked into a routine, and there was difficulty in that. the The trust was funding him to live in our workplace. 24-7 and his mum thought that he wouldn't want to commit to that so she said you know well we'll start off with five days a week in this place and we'll work it up but I think she knew full well that he would get locked into that routine and I'm pretty sure he's still in there five days a week now and the trust is sort of uh, was trying to put pressure on me whenever I worked there to try and just sort of force him to stay the extra two days against him and his own mother's will but um, yeah I, I imagine that's still probably a stalemate there you go that's so what that, it's about right, so it's about the confusion yeah. the vulnerability um, and you're worried about it still he's there and you're subconscious still yeah. even though you're not there your subconscious is thinking what's happening there and that's mm. a very difficult situation it's a very yes. difficult situation because the home is so important 
mm. I think, in terms of welfare and well-being. Mm. And, and I think you're, uh, that shows your vulnerability and um, your sorrow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think it's a good interpretation so far. Like, you know, because uh, I hadn't really considered quite a lot of that. Like the idea of, of course, a home being that safe space and it's not a home in that dream for anyone, weirdly. Isn't that interesting? Like, yeah, the, it's a it's a place for recovery and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I think it, you're onto something there when you focus on the counterfactual, which is that's a, a word that's, that's a word that's used in um, Gendlin's theories of dreams where it's like because, you know, so many people when they tell you the dream, they'll say, Oh, it was my uncle, but it wasn't. Yes. You know, and and that's it. Yeah. So that's counterfactual. Like it's my house, but it's not. Or it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, I nearly said his name there. <laughs> oh, I added that out. It's Damien's yeah. house, but it's not. And, uh, yes. you know, and like, so that's counterfactual, which means that's, that's worth paying attention to. Yeah. And I think always, this is why I love that because it's the home. I think it's a home being a safe place. And it's like, I've worked in different residential homes and everything. Mm -hmm. right Uh and and amazing people working there brilliant brilliant talent but it's very very hard there it's just like my home here and staff you know what I mean Mm. it's just it's just hard I think it's hard because because for me I don't know about it's family it's like Mm. they're not your family they're staff yes do you know, whereas yeah. I do think, I don't know, I don't know. I think the fact you're crying is that her house, daughter, how she's angry, aggressive, sarcastic. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. so she's angry. So it's all the forms of anger. It's even the passive aggressive, the aggressive, the, you know, there's no, there's just anger. So it's like, what is Lucy representing? Is Lucy representing injustice? Mm. Is Lucy representing, what is Lucy, Lucy represents parents or mothers Gosh, but what, I don't know yeah you know her anger because were you there to say like Damien's died but were you there to break that news to her or were you there to try and say we had something like queer. yeah yeah it's very unclear I also think isn't it really telling how I write so she's angry and sarcastic and then I say unsympathetic isn't that interesting that I'm expecting yes. sympathy from her when her son has died in this dream oh this is wonderful because this yeah. yeah because our jobs require us to be emotionally invested mm-hmm. like people who care like the core conditions are to care basically to love and to really hold space mm-hmm. right yeah. but but there's boundaries there so we're humans. So, so those so they're professional boundaries, but actually we're required to do a job that actually historically would have been there for family members and that caring. And in many cultures, it still is. Mm. You care, who cares for the most vulnerable mm. in tribes? Who cares for them? The tribe. Yeah. Whereas, do you know what? Whereas it's somebody like you, you get emotionally invested, but you're supposed to, so you're like a family member, but you're not. So that kind of, so Damien's death and and this actually reminds me of I when I was pregnant once I was supporting somebody mm-hmm. and um I because I became uh I had to stop doing it because I had uh there were issues with the well I just was very sick during my pregnancy, right? So I couldn't do it. And I remember they died and I found out in a really weird way. Uh, oh, but because I wasn't that I wasn't that, you know, yes, I wasn't I wasn't thought of. 
Mm. Because I was a worker. There was a lot of workers. Your family, but you're not, like you're saying. So you're very personal relationship, very intimate in many ways, like Uh really helping these people, but you're not, you're not kind of. So whenever I was like, I was like, I am so sorry. I can't believe it. When, when's the funeral? Mm -hmm. And they were like, it was like a few weeks ago. And I was like, what? That must have been gotten. I'm sorry to hear that one. Yeah, because I just, because I'd had to stop because I couldn't lift, I couldn't lift the person, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, but it, but you were just, a, and that's where I think that dream might be saying, like, there's emotions mm-hmm. involved, it's okay, you know, you still care, you sure. can't just switch it off because you're not being paid anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like, so much is expected of you, and yet so little in some ways. Yeah. Could I, could I share with you what I wrote, actually, shortly after the dream, my first interpretation of it? Yes, go for it. It actually misses quite a few of the really good points that I think you were hitting on about, you know, vulnerability and the house and confusion. And also, I should have provided you a bit more context here as well, is that, you know, there were some people I was, like, keen on staying friends with after I left that job. And, and you know, I, I, I did make some effort, but it just didn't seem to sort of be going anywhere. And the day that I'd had that dream... I, you know, found out that one of them had had like a Halloween party and I hadn't been invited, which is such a childish thing, but, I, you know, to be upset about. But I imagine that it maybe manifested itself in there like, like, oh, OK, you know, why am I not allowed in? Which maybe maybe that figures into the sitting on the doorstep rather than being inside thing there. Do you I think, don't know. Do you think, Luke, you think yeah. that was quite important? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe I should have led with that, shouldn't I? Should have. <laughs> yeah I think I think that makes it I think it's it's great for your old job and the amount of emotions and and the family kind of I, I think that's it yeah maybe I mean you, I mean yeah it certainly feels a lot a lot more because you know when it comes to dream interpretation obviously there's no right answer but there is a certain vibe where you feel like whenever you're on the right track with something or you maybe test an interpretation and you feel a little pang or something in your in your chest and you go oh okay that's how I know that's right you know a bodily sensation and I'm getting more of that from this than from my initial written response which was you know I I go through a little process so you know first thoughts for some sort of feeling of grief or pain or anger or, or blame I think pain being the prevailing feeling that it hurts to be spoken to like that so often I tried to think of something an association and it made me think of I used to work in uh, the Empire Bar a, a decade ago now nearly more and and one of the managers there really really hated me and he didn't make a huge secret of it but there was one time he started openly insulting me and I remember going completely quiet and simply just walking while he spoke to me until we were in an open area and all the other managers could hear him personally insulting me and then I was able to make a complaint against him because it's like you know I shouldn't be they shouldn't he shouldn't be able to speak to me like that it was really horrible little personal stuff you know um so and I think that's maybe uh, whenever I wrote that I I was saying that maybe that memory was coming up because my response in the dream was to go quiet and say nothing but yeah I I, I write there then again you know why am I waiting on Lucy's doorstep where I'm sure to receive an unwelcome response am I masochistic does Lucy represent a sort of shame that can't be reasoned with only reasonably met with silence and that seemed to sort of resonated whenever I wrote that down and then I tried to sort of one of the things you know the things that some people do with dreams is try and let it continue in your head you know because the dream doesn't always finish so I try to just sort of go back into the dream in my head and let it continue and see what happens and and when I let it continue she just sort of goads further and and calls me things while I sit miserably at the step and I say I'm sorry for your loss and go and she shouts at me until I'm out of sight 
sometimes as well, you know, some of the gestalt dream theorists, they'll say to try and be one of the dream symbols that you experience. So, you know, I try and I tried to be her, right? I tried to be Lucy from this dream and I tried to embody her. And when I do that, I stiffen up and gesticulate like Hitler doing a speech. And I want to shout, get out, get out of my sight. How dare you be here after what happened? And uh, yeah, like, and then I wrote about the counterfactual house thing that, uh, you know, it was his house, but it wasn't. So, and, and I do need to specify that Lucy is not the sort of person who would gesticulate like Hitler. I just mean whenever I try and be the dream version of her book. Yeah, it was archetypes. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's archetypes. She's, it's not Lucy. Lucy represents, I think Lucy represents conflict or like mm. the pe- so if you think about it we did have a lot of conflict now lucy and i yeah but that's yeah. but that i think that would be quite common for stressed parents dealing mm. with oh, yeah, yeah oh, no i'm not uh i'm not saying that she shouldn't shouldn't have ever been but no yeah but it was it was incredibly unpleasant and and yes. sometimes sometimes you know beyond what what should have been allowed and you know and I and I would have to sometimes leave conversations because they were just verbally and and one time physically abusive so you know not not great but um this is is brilliant look because I think this is showing you how sensitive you are which is wonderful I don't need to how sensitive (laughs) (laughs) but it's reminding you that it's okay like it's like you know the grief is like it's very I think it's very important for a lot of men to hear this because mm. the vulnerability this I think there's strength and sensitivity but but for a lot of people right they keep opening to it and they experience it and they feel it and they don't let it harden them yeah yeah like Do you see what I mean I, yeah I think I see what you mean and I also think there's something to be said for what you're saying about sometimes we need to grieve like jobs and places where yes. we spent time you know I was in that place for seven years yeah and, and I, you know the summary I wrote from my interpretation there was you know I have pain anger shame related to that job and a part of me wants to stay away and another part wants to stay on the doorstep apologize in some way maybe silence is the response here I don't owe those people anything nobody's come looking for me uh nobody's come looking for me like this where I wrote. and I, oh. I think and, and but no, that's meant to be uh, like a relaxing thing to say, you know. Like, well, it's not yeah, like anyone's come so, looking for, it, but so it's sad. well, it is, yeah. And I think it's also yeah. a, a, an entreaty to um, an invite to just let it go, stop trying yeah. to stop trying to be friends with these people. You know, they're not putting in the effort to stay friends with you. So, time to let it go. You know. Yes, and also for new things to come into our life, you have to make space. Mm. Do you, you know, yeah, actually, that's a really good. There's a really good book I'm reading at the minute called um, "Maybe You Should Talk to Someone." I don't, I don't know why I'm holding it up to the camera when we're <laughs> on a podcast, which is an audience uh, or an audio <laughs> medium, uh, so a visual cue for an audience of one. Um, but there's this. It's great. It's you know, it's very much in the in the the line of of Yalom in a way, which is is like you know books about therapy told from the perspective of a therapist um mm-hmm. who is also goes to therapy and i think like there's such compelling you know yalom's books are so compelling i'm like wonder why this isn't a bigger genre because you know it's it's incredible but anyway it's a great book but uh in that book there she was saying that like you know uh it's probably just a platitude but i i, I think it helps with some clients to frame it in this way is that you know there's no change in your life without some sort of loss and yes. maybe when people are struggling to make some sort of change in their life then that's because they're afraid of what the loss could be and you know yes 
what loss do you need to be comfortable with for you to get the change that you're looking for absolutely okay cool I, th- I feel like uh, that's that's good I'm gonna I, I think we should wrap up on that <laughs> yeah well that was a great day and I hope it's helped you process it, it has, and move yeah. on thank you <laughs> cheers uh bye audience bye therapy geeks can be found on youtube or your podcasting platform of choice Until love came.